Thank you for being a patron for Bluebells Forever podcast. Please enjoy this interview with the wonderful Adrienne LePeltier. And Adrian, Adrian, I'm so excited to get to do part two. You are so sweet. Thank you. Nothing well, to get excited about me, that's for sure. I do. And I, and I was telling you like how I looked at Liz Elliott and Leslie Bandy as like the goddesses that I, if they had spoke to me when I was 20, I would have probably like cried. <laughs> but also I, I really looked up to you because I know you were assistant company manager. I knew you in the show. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody remembers you. And I just know like you've shown up in a lot of people's interviews with uh, people just admired you. Because you hear some of these horror stories of Dawn and some good stories of Dawn, but also if you've got like this team of, we've got artists, but you know, we've got like yeah. fragile egos and like it's right. people are away from home. And so to have that feeling of a good company manager, an assistant company manager, where people feel like somebody's on their side, but it's run with a lot of professionalism that you're not, especially in how dangerous those shows could be. I know that who's in charge and who's overseeing the, the talent is really important. Cause I think a lot of cases, dancers singers are kind of like props or expendable and so I know when people feel valued and well taken care of they will remember it for the rest of their life right. so there you go I'll pass those compliments on to you <laughs> thank you darling uh it's I know that Reed Reed Jones who used to be a singer in the show before it closed told me about a safety lesson he was given he had to go on to one of the revolve stages at the side and while he was there, they were also doing a, a scenery change prior to the curtain going up. And Tom Nellis was with him, who was the captain of the singers. He said, now, this is going to go down and this, it's a two-floor two fall. So if you're going to fall, fall out into the audience. <laughs> Don't fall that way. That was his safety oh talk. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's shown up in a lot of people. They talk about, like, the if you flew as an astronaut, like, when you yeah. get up there. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, God, I did. <laughs> I did it one time once, on that floor. <sighs> yeah, but once Glenn Murray, one of his things unpopped. And so he was all conky and wonky and he threw up in his helmet. I've he heard the throwing up part, but yeah. I did not, I didn't hear the, because I flew one time. It was scary enough, but if something unhooked, I think all of us would have puked inside of our helmet. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get him on here. He, yeah, oh, we wow. see that open the stage open and that low they were so low below you they were like god come on up come on up oh come my up. god <laughs> hurry up terrifying oh. oh yeah but i thought of something even hearing anything even sounding like it would unfasten would be horrific um do you remember laura pearson yes i do i just interviewed her and she told me how she had to swing for Annie, get your gun because yes, the other, right. and she said that you, this is, you'll have to listen to the episode when it comes out, but you, she said, she, he kind of shamed me into it. Like, have you ever ridden a horse? She says, when I was 10 and she's like, get on there. Cause if you want to be a principal understudy, you got to do this. And she just taught her story about trying to get that horse to rear yeah. up. And like how, then you said something about the slippery floor. I was laughing because it is like, there were so many things to be dangerous, but like, I go, you went out on a horse after not riding since you were 10 yeah with a microphone and a giant and it's like well <laughs> this is what you do this is you, what you, you sign do. up you know we're all bloody crazy when it comes to it sherry <laughs> we're totally. yeah and we're a wonderful nuts it's just a fabulous lunacy that we have in us and a daredevil approach to life you know 
Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I'll get up and do it. And we do. Well, that was when I listened to your episode again, like, I'll just do it. Like how people said, you want to do this? Like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I shared with you before we taped, like, I loved so much. I think you were so unique in this way. Like when you love something, you go, and I loved it. And then you did something, you go, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I think you were just so aware of like, do I love it or hate it? Where a lot of people can go through their whole life and their career, not even knowing if they yeah. like anything. Precise. And I love that. Yeah. That stood out to me so much listening to your episode again is like, I love dance and I love this and I had this job and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And, and also you would say things you were good at. And then you would say, honestly, things you were terrible at. Like you talked about your auditions saying you could do things you couldn't do. Yeah. And like, and I was terrible. I go, I don't think many people are self-aware <laughs> yeah. to know where they're good, what yeah. they love and how people can live their whole life of doing things that like, I think I found with a few people I've talked to during the pandemic, people were doing careers. I know one of my dancers is on Broadway and I asked him if he's going to go back. He says, no, I actually don't love it, but he didn't know he didn't love it until he stopped. And then like, well, what do I love? Because I don't think people ask the question or if you're getting paid yeah. to do something and you don't go, do I even like this? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I just like that stood out because I think because I've been hearing people kind of question what they're doing in this pandemic. Like, do I keep pursuing the arts or whatever they're doing? Because now we have time to pause. But when we did your interview, you talked about um, Universal and talking about Harry Potter. And I loved that you were so excited to go back to work and you love it. Because I think, you know, at your, are you 81? 81. Yeah, 81. And, and you could be just sitting in a golf cart, you know, like <laughs> drinking your drinks or playing pinnacle, but you're so alive and like that you love what you do is like. Well, Sherry, you know, unfortunately, age is starting to take its toe because my balance is going off something horrible. I literally, when I wake up in the morning, I stagger around like a drunk. Yeah. My balance is getting that bad. Yeah. Wow. So Are I'm you, really grateful that the job I have, I go down a few stairs and I stand behind a desk. So I'm always supported by the desk. I've got something to support me. Yeah. And now we have the social distancing. So you're away, you don't go up, you can't be in among the people, which was so much more fun. Now you're just distanced from them and you've got a mask on and they're lucky that you, they can see your eyes because the room we work in is virtually pitch black. It's dark. It's really dark. And wow. one little light on the side, it, it's ridiculous. And uh, But in a way, it's a blessing. <laughs> you know, they can't see age. They can't see anything like that. And they come and they get their stuff done and you send them on their way. And I'm still so gratified that people actually applaud me when you only have a small group now, maybe two, maybe four people. And they say, oh, that was fabulous. That was fantastic. And I go, thank you. That's very nice mm. of you to say, you know. You don't expect that. But I give it my all every day, every show, because it's one of the things I remember when I was assistant company manager to Fluff, I called a safety meeting between shows. And I went out and I explained to them, I said, you have to understand that you're performing for a new audience at every show. They have spent good money to come and see a happy cast. There's no point if you're miserable to just have a miserable face and not be smiling. You all need to smile and make it so they come back for more. And you're the one in responsible and in charge of that. You cannot be gloom and doom on the stage, please. And that night it was fabulous. 
it wasn't but two, three, four nights when they were all back together with the poor before. Oh, I can't stand this. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm bored. I wish I didn't. Have... Then don't do it. Get the fuck out. Absolutely. You know? Oh, my God. There's a, fo- a photo that someone shared because I did a whole bunch about the dressers. And there's a picture in rose petals and summer smile. And there's one girl that just looks so pissed off. And yeah. I was like, wait, how did she get away with that? Because like all the girls are smiling. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to call anybody out in case anybody yeah. who's listening, but it was interesting. It's like that piece was such a, a campy, funny thing. There's yeah. no place that your character would be angry, but no. it just like my eye went right to that person. So like, yeah. if you're paying money and you see those shows, it could be your fifth, you know, 500th show that you've done. It has like, yeah, I love it's there first. It's the grumpy faces that your eye gets attracted to from the audience. It really yeah. does. I wonder what's wrong with her, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay? You know? That's, yeah. That's all you fixate on, and the show and the fun, everything just disappears. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to say you're you're at Disney World, not Disney, at, you're at Universal Studios in Harry mm-hmm. Potter World. Mm-hmm. Were you a Harry Potter fan before this? No, I've never so read it. Like- nope. Really? I read the first book. A friend of mine gave me the first book, and I thought, this is not a children's book. This is an adult book. It's fabulous. Yeah. You know, because it got your imagination churning, and it was wonderful. And then, I don't know. I saw, I ordered all the films when they'd come in. I'd seen a few in the movie theater, and I wasn't overly impressed with them. But I ordered myself all the whole series, and I have them, and I've watched them. And that's the only... Harry Potter knowledge that I do have is from the films. Yeah. I've not read the books, no. So I'm remiss in a lot of Harry Potter knowledge. Because mm. you, you, in the last interview, you said you had a huge folder to read. Like they, oh, the fact that- it was colossal. Yeah, it was colossal, it was that thing. And so it kept changing worry. every day while really? we were. It kept changing, yeah, because they'd have to go back to Warner Brothers. The Warner Brothers say, no, you can't say that. No, you can't do that. You have to change it. And it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It wasn't easy. And now it's become so simple. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Because also when you have these kids or young adults, they, they know that book so well. So if, oh, yes, if, you, they, if you didn't know, they would, they would find out and call you out right you can't just have some lines memorized they if you you need to know all this stuff that's what I take pride in doing is trying to make it as real and as honestly uh, vocal to truth as possible I just don't want it to sound like a learned line I want it like I'm just thinking that word and that line to come out as I'm just thinking it and mm. that is a real struggle to achieve, you know, but it's fun. And you find nuances in all the words you do and where and how you can uh, highlight certain words or drop them sometimes and bring it in just to make it sound different, feel different. And also it gives you a satisfaction that you're sounding real, not scripted. I refuse to sound scripted. Oh, I hate that. Wow. Yeah, that shows that you love your job. I do. I really do, Sherry. It's it's a treat job for my age to be able to go to a place and I suit the role and I'm there and I can work and be happy at what I'm doing. You know, that makes such a difference. When you're contributing. And then the camaraderie we have with the other wand keepers who are up there too, you know, it's good. 
my kids were really into Harry, into Harry Potter. So we went to Universal. They loved, I didn't go in with them. I can't remember why. I think it was probably holding everybody's bag. But I, when I walked in, you know, I think it was next, next to Jurassic Park. Like you go from one world and all of a yes, sudden you're yes, into yes. this other. I was yeah. emotional and I didn't really get, I didn't, I think I'd read one of the books. But mm-hmm. for them, I mean, they were like 19 and Oh, wow. 16 yeah. when they went, but they were just like kids. And I drank the butterbeer yeah. and waited, but they went yeah, into good. the wand room and they did oh. some of the rides. But I think, you know, it doesn't matter how old, but for those people that, you know, like we like Dr. Seuss and we went on that ride, but it's different yeah. than Harry Potter when there's so much, like people know so yeah. much about it. So do you get all ages of people that are in there just as enthusiastic? Ages. Probably not toddlers, maybe toddlers because the magic and the mystery oh, of it. No, listen, we had a woman come in the other day who was pregnant and wanted the wand keeper to choose her wand for her unborn child. That's stupid. You know, you're supposed to be 11 years old when you get your wand. The child is not even born yet. And she says, I want you to choose the wand for my unborn child. Oh, my gosh. These are the people that do the gender reveal parties and blow things up. Probably so. (laughs) Probably so. Sorry. It's so so idiotic. You know, some of these people with their requests are just damn stupid. What kind of things can they, what happens in the wand rooms? I didn't go in. I know my kids liked it, but what did, what do they do when they, do they come up to the counter and then you, they ask you, or do you start a conversation with them? No, you welcome them. You welcome them in and. You look at the um, who is going to be out getting a wand, and sometimes you can tell. And if you can't, you say, "Who is here for a wand?" And if they're like three people, put your hand. Well, that's one too many. I'll take you two. Come and I, if you will just wait be behind after the experience, I'll take care of you. So you do the two. You pair the two people with the wand. You give one wand to one person. Say this is this one. Now this is the effect I want you to do. Light up the tip of the wand. Raise the wand, focus on the tip. Now say Lumos, and they say it, and then you start the effect, and the effect is all thunder and lightning, and the wand, of course, doesn't do anything. You go, nope, apparently not your wand. No matter. Oh. And then you give the other person the wand and says, now, see those uh, wand boxes up there? Choose one from the top shelf, any one, and then with the wand, bring it down to me. Point the wand at the wand box. Good, now say descendo wand box and they do and all the wand box shelves collapse and you go oh no and then you say reparo and you fix it oh you my say, gosh definitely not your wand let me see <laughs> look, this is curious it's always been clear well to those of us who've studied wand law that the wand chooses the wizard you examine the wand in the meantime you started the special music to play and you go ah and you switch the wands. Perhaps this, and as they pick up the wand, you put on the music, a light comes down and the wind machine blaze, blows them. These are the perfect fit. And then you tell them what are the qualities of each wand. And then you say, now, thank you. Let's just wait to the side. You call the other person up and you just set only the finale. They don't have to do all the tricks. And you give them and say, I think, yes this wand for you when you choose a wand and you give it to them and then you tell them what all the benefits of that wand are. I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. I was getting chills. And I think it's because the way you were telling it, I was so captivated, but I'm like, there's something about magic and wonder that we need. And I just, the way you did that, I'm like, I want to go in there now. 
Like, I've experienced sure. that. I mean, I, it's just so much, and I have fun doing it every time, yeah. you know. Well, they must see the look on their face must just be like but awe the, and wonder. Uh, the little assistants love me because they say, okay, bring in the muggle fuckers. <laughs> 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 and I was the first one to say that. And they, they love it. It just became the standard. Bring, oh, back, bring in the muggle fuckers. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm laughing probably too loud into my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there in 2009? At Harry Potter? Yeah, when did you go in there? No, we started in 2010. 2010. I, I took my kids there in 2000. Oh, maybe we went after. But I was just thinking, my kids may have seen you. And I didn't go in. I'm like, if I had known you were there, I would go in there just for that <laughs> bit of magic. So you also have a picture when I look on your Facebook of a, like you've got the who face. Oh, yeah, I did who, the Who's as well. I was on the streets doing that. Yeah, I, that was fun. Grandpa Who. I, I used to have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. And you just interact with, with people with going guests, by? Yeah, just going by. Yes. Talk with them and say hello and welcome to Whoville. Yeah. Did you ever want to harass them? I could see part of your character wanting to harass them. You could get no. in trouble, but I could just yeah, see that could really, be super fun. Not, no, I was really very pleasant, full of fun, enjoyed. I took many photographs, yeah. Yeah. So now, because you guys can, there's like, do they have a capacity, like only this many people can get into Universal? We no, we did. Okay. Now that's cut. We just, yeah. everyone can come, yeah. And so but you're protecting. Watch out for social distancing. And when it's crowded, you can't possibly socially distance. It's not yeah. possible. You're well, too my picture. Yeah, and I was just thinking if you're on a ride and people are screaming, yeah. like all the germs that are coming. I mean, I just, I think Disney yeah. World sounds fun. Do you feel pretty safe when you're there? Or, I mean, oh, do you yes. just kind of come in your entrance and you don't have to get next to the muggle fuckers? No, don't have to. That's oh. what's so good. Come in my yeah. entrance. When we're in the shop, there's like two to four people. Sometimes there may be six, not more than that. Yeah. Well, very few people that I deal with. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So that probably was nice to get out of your house and get to have something to look forward to with yeah. this gear that some people haven't even left their house. You get to no. you get to play. You get to get paid to play and entertain. Precisely, precisely. That's what is so fortunate for me. Yeah. yeah. So you had said something before that I just I have a through line in my brain that goes all over about like when you wanted to dance. I've told like that was for sissies and because. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and even like Fred Astaire, when you can you share that a little bit? Because I think it's a topic I want to talk more about is like being a man in the in the dance world, especially the kind of shows we did. Mm -hmm. So so you when can you say a little bit when you said you wanted to be a dancer and the well, response? Oh, my dad, and he said, oh, no, dancing is for sissies. I said, well, what do you mean, dad? What about Fred Astaire? And he said, well, he's a cockroach. Wow. So when you when you started to dance professional, did was there a different attitude towards it? Because I know for my family, like they didn't want me to do it because they didn't think I could make any money. So then when you make it as a profession, they were a little more okay with it. But when they just think you're going to be a starving artist, they don't get too happy. Yeah, but for were, a girl, yeah, they weren't happy for me at first because I wanted to be in acting, and uh, I did do a tour of salad salad days. No, what's wrong with me? Yeah, it was salad days. Yeah, for Wimbledon, uh, Wimbledon rep. Yeah, and it was a, a fun show. And then uh, I was out of work, 
and I took up a regular office job. And like I said, I went for a dance audition and uh, just stood on stage and never did a damn dance move because I had a tie on and a shirt on and a jacket on and everybody else was dressed up as dancers, normally dressed for an audition. And I went down to the choreographer and said, uh, excuse me, I've got to leave now. I've got to go for lunch. They said, why don't you dance? I said, I can't possibly dance. I've got to go back to the office. I can't go back all sweaty. That's why you see me dressed like this. Can you dance? I said, absolutely. Ballet, jazz, tap, you name it, I do it. So they said, well, if we don't get everybody, we'll call you tonight at home. Give us your number. They called me. They asked me to come back the following day for a private audition. So I did. And they put me through my paces and I was sweating. They said, why are you sweating? I said, well, I'm nervous. And, you know, I'm being put through my paces. And they said, well, let the sweating begin when, the sh when rehearsal starts. You've got the job. Mm. That's how I got my first <laughs> dance job. That was for the Big Isle in London. And you just, because I know you did acting and you were good at a lot of things. And like, I yeah. loved in the first interview, like some people like stop dancing, started yeah. looking at pedestrian and then others like take more yeah. dancing. Because a lot of people had their eye on you because you had potential for both. Yeah. But you've, so you've managed to be able to do both in your life. Yeah. Yes, I have. Is, some people have to leave one to do the other. So the fact that you get to do both. Yeah, I would have loved to have been a triple threat to be able to sing, but no, that's one thing that I never could do. <laughs> you can't have everything. <laughs> and be a wonderful. But you also have management, because I think for the management skills, there's people that, that are artists that don't have the brain to do management and organizational thing. They're really good at, you know, singing or dancing, but a lot of times really lacking in like uh, organization or people yeah. skills. So did you, when you decided to be a dancer, did you have, support from other people or did you kind of have to go against what people thought you should do or what people no, think I never had, a male? No, I never had any uh, uh, barriers put up in front of me. I just went for it, got the job. It just I never ever thought of, you know, this is going to come to an end. I'm going to get older. I just, I thought I'd be in it forever. I thought I'd be in the big art forever. How wrong? I went on to Paris, you know, from yeah. the big art. And then I go up to Hong Kong and then I come to Reno then I go to Las Vegas and I come here to Orlando as a show director. What was the show you were directing in Orlando? Well, it was, I was responsible for all the shows in the park. Oh, that's when you I came in. Yeah. Oh, wow. And is that what led to doing as a, a wand keeper? Was that, yeah. did that come yeah. after? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That came after because uh, I was at, uh, was promoted to uh, senior manager of concepts and development and uh, was downsized in 2005. And so I was lucky to spend five to 2010 with my mom. She passed in 2010, so I was taking care of her. But I auditioned in, in 2010 for the Harry Potter show and got it. And then mom passed while I was rehearsing. And then they said, take oh. time off. And they gave me time off, which was wonderful. Oh, wow. That seems kind of rare. Yeah, no, it was, they were the most amazing company when it came to things like that. And I went back and picked up and started working. That's kind like kind of a good thing to do when you're grieving is yeah. have, the time, have the time to take care of yourself, but know that there's a job waiting, take your time, but yeah. then have something so playful. Yeah. What was the what was the audition like for that for Harry so Potter? It was, it was um, 
improv audition and you had to start a story and you picked up the story. There were like five or six of you in line picking up a story and when you had to take it further, take it further. And this story was going nowhere. And I went, stop it. This is going nowhere. We have to put an end to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I've seen some of those go on. And there's no yeah. Oh. yeah, and the guy just laughed at me. The director just laughed. And the next thing I knew was uh, club for rehearsal. And I was there at rehearsal. Oh my gosh. Have you had to use your improv skills because we were saying, like, sometimes the guest of Disney World. I hate World. improv. I hate improv. Really? The passion. <laughs> that, that was the best I'm line you could have said. No, Sherry, I'm not good at it. I wish I were because I have great admiration for improvers. Great admiration. That skill is fabulous. Yeah. The way your brain has to just. Yeah. So, so have, when you have I'm all over the place here, because back to Disney World, I can't want to say Disney. I know it's not. I know it's yeah. universal. Yeah. Do you have kids, like you have a lady who's pregnant that wants you to give her the wand. Do you have guests that are just awful? And can you use your character to kind of make the situation more bearable for you and the other guests? Like if you've got I've people who never had an awful, I've never had an awful guest. I never really? had them when they brought a child in that's absolutely clinging to a parent and is much too young. And I'm saying, sorry, they're much too young. They should be at least 11 to get their wands. Would you go that way? And you can go into the shop and choose her a wand for yourself. Please do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I've no, I've never had any aggressive. No, nothing. nothing. Oh, good. I'm just thinking with your management skills and your uh, acting and all the all the ways you travel the world. Like to be able to adapt is a a thing that a lot of people don't do. You know, mm -hmm. if they've done something and you mess it up, they they come undone. They don't know how to. Mm -hmm to switch yeah. or make the situation. So I mean, just the way your life has been, you you can make oh, yeah. things that, work. We have a little clicker that we have set off the effects and I forgot to bring it down. And I there's also a kick plate at the bottom in which you can use. And I was trying this kick plate and the damn thing wouldn't work. And I said, excuse me, I want you to hold the thought. I have something to do upstairs. Just take me a moment and I'll be down. Put the clicker in, came back. So you've held the thought. Was it good? <laughs> Excellent. Now, let us proceed. What did I ask you to do? I know, light up the tip of the wand. Good. Now, raise it, focus on it. Now, say, Lumos. And then the effects went off, and I said, thank God. <laughs> That's improv. That's like having yeah. to like think in the moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, I have like so many questions I have. This may not be as sequential as the last one. We did bring up Ronnie Lewis because so many people talk about like they, they did those big shows like Hello Hollywood, Hello, or like yeah. Hallelujah. And they got to go, it was like something to get to switch it up and do a Ron Lewis show that was like yeah. that high energy. And I told yeah. you, I didn't, I wanted to work with him. I love those shows, but I worked with Joan Palethorpe. Yeah. But it's interesting how dancers can go from like the most glamorous show. And then I go, I want to go dance so hard that I'm, you know, <laughs> leaking yeah. on the stage. Sure. But you actually had a relationship a little bit. Yeah. But don't forget that Ronnie also did big shows over at the Dunes. He I did big know. shows. That, yeah. He did big shows at the Dunes. Yeah, they were wonderful shows. I remember uh, he did the sort of shows when a dancer watched, watched it, they made you want to dance. You just had yeah. to dance. That's the, that was what he did. He just invited you to come up and dance and have the best time. That's what I felt watching his work. Yeah. So I was in Reno 
directing a show there. And uh, he was visiting Reno at the time and Victor Calva, who was a good friend of his and would work for him, we went out to dinner and we were, went up to Tahoe to see a show. And while we were driving up to Tahoe, I asked him, I said, Ronnie, so where are you from? And he said, well, originally St. Louis. And I had the best dance teacher there. Her name was Evelyn Lamone. I said, shut up. That was my dance teacher in California. He said, no. I said, yes, in Pasadena. I used to go and take special private classes from her. And that we immediately bonded. So I had to go to Vegas and do uh, direct a show, a convention show. And when I went over, Ronnie was coming to Vegas at the same time. And he said, now look, come to my class on this particular afternoon. And I said, well, Ronnie, I don't know if I can. I'm going to be directing the show and we have so many hours to work on it. And it looks like it's conflicting with your class time, but if I can get off early, I will be there. I couldn't. We were meeting that night for dinner. We met for dinner and he said, well, you missed out. I did a number just for you with Kane, but you'll never see it. No one else will. It was for you. You oh lost it. I went, okay, Ronnie, I'm so sorry. There's nothing more I can do. I apologize, but I'm so sorry. It's my loss. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, but he was, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I know he was a strict taskmaster. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just, there's people that, like, there's some, I'm trying to think of the time, like, in the 80s, you had the Frederick Apcar shows. Yeah, that's what he did. That, that's he was part of App. okay, yeah. those were connected, okay. And then, yeah, there was just, there was a lot of variety and so many choices. Mm -hmm. um, but his was the one I think when people talk about like I did these shows and I had to get a Ron Lewis show in there because it just yeah. feels like it's like we were saying it's so satisfying like that choreography just feels yeah. good in your body and you feel like yeah. your muscles got to work and you got to spend a lot of energy True. so that's a fun story if you had somebody want if Ron Lewis wants to put a piece on you like that that's that's mm -hmm. high high praise <laughs> <laughs> so I have another question I don't know if it would have fallen on you with either fluff or um Jillian, but I know I was a very good girl, did everything I was supposed to do in the show. And on my last night, I wanted to run through the earthquake in the San Francisco yeah. scene, but I was not in that scene. I was a rose yeah. petal. So my, I didn't tell anybody, I stayed out and I ran through the earthquake and then I realized how many ways I could die. Like when things are moving, it was the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever done in my life. So I go, I go back into the dressing room and I hear over the speaker, Sherry Pennington, please come to the office. And I remember Jillian, like, yeah, not yelling, but she told me, and then she kind of laughed and she's like, you've never done anything. You know, like I was really like, <laughs> like a good student. And so yeah. she kind of laughed, like that was so dumb and you could have died. And then it was kind of this weird moment, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. But it was like to get called into the office. But I remember hearing people's names getting called yeah. in and you're like, what did yeah. they do? Did, did you ever have to call people in for you? Or is that only Jillian's job or Fluff's no. job? No, no. So I would call people in too, yeah. What kind of things would get to the point where you actually had to get called into the office? Well, people doing things like you did. <laughs> dumb people yeah. taking risks. Also dumb people, a lot of people did that, you know, just to test the waters and to prove they could do something different, you know? Oh my gosh. And they hopefully heard... not be caught out. And they right. get caught out, you like, know? Well, because were you watching the show on a monitor, right? Like you guys could 
see yeah, the whole monitor in the yeah there was but then we used to go out and watch the shows as well oh you did were mm-hmm. you like watching watching just kind of waiting for someone to do something crazy or was it just to see if the sh- you want to see the shows no. clean or an incident yeah, you had to fix seeing the cleanliness seeing how good everybody was doing yeah and you know seeing smiles please <laughs> smile look happy they're supposed to be looking happy right. a fucking drama right. <laughs> Did you yourself ever get called to the office when you were a performer before you took no. that position? Really? No. Yeah. So I just think in the, some of the people in that, in that show, how it would be so tempting to, for pranks. I did pranks in other shows. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, there was a last show, like there's like some, yeah. some people will prank you. Cause like for me, yeah. they took my rose petal the under the bra, the padded bra, and they froze it and they went to put it on me. And I'm like, I'm not wearing a frozen bra. So I just went out without a bra, but it didn't matter. And then they turned my xylophone upside down, which, you know, the audience can't tell, but I feel like there was pranks. I did way worse pranks in other shows after that, but I think in Hello Holly was too scary to mess with stuff. But did you ever see pranks or hear pranks or have to call anybody in for something a little bit more severe than freezing someone's bra? No, I've never heard of anything like that. I've got to I don't know if I was part of other people's pranks, but I just feel like there was a thing on people's last yeah. show. Yeah. But and it, you know, I never really saw that much into it. Most yeah. of the things are pretty benign because you had to do it where it wouldn't, yeah. the audience, it wouldn't affect the show. Yeah. And then Jubilee, I know that there, it's on your last show. There's something with throwing them in a shower or something. The, well, there's something with a shower. Maybe maybe only the girls did it. The girls probably, yeah. Yeah, on the show. And then I feel like there was something with lipstick on your la- on your last night of kissing the wall. Because somebody said they have a part of, of a backstage thing where, hmm. I'll have to dig into that because I feel like a lot of shows, like I've done musical theater where everybody signs the brick yeah. with the show logo on. But yeah. I was wondering if there was any, I'll keep checking on that, see if the end of the show had a, uh, so you were there for the end of, Hello, Hollywood. Hello, right? Yeah. yeah. So was was there any kind of like a party or was there like just the last show and no, pride? We had a party. We yeah. did? Okay. Because yeah. it feels like those are worth marking. Mm-hmm. No, we had a celebration. Wasn't what was? It wasn't happy. Yeah. Just there is the whole, the ending of that just is so sad because, it, you know, if people weren't ready to be done and that's, and you also just, you couldn't really stay in Reno as a performer, right? Was there any, I feel like there was Tahoe no. had some shows. There was yeah, no other no, shows. Yeah, no. no, there were a few in Harris, you know, Harris had some shows, but there were smaller shows. I went back and after work for um, Little Hollywood, I worked with Greg Thompson in Bermuda and they brought that show to Sparks. <laughs> just to say you worked in yeah. Sparks doesn't sound too, but I remember it was a tiny stage, mm-hmm. but there was nothing on the, on that caliber. What was your, so you stayed on at the MGM. Well, it wasn't the MGM anymore. It was, um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. it went through, it was, yeah. Bally, was it Bally's right away? Yeah. Cause now it's something Grand yeah. Sierra yeah. or something. Yeah, right. It was Bally. So when, did you go to Jubilee? Like, was there anything in between that? Like you stayed on and managed well, some of the big- I stayed on at Bally's and I used to direct uh, corporate shows that would come into the, you know, they wanted a small show and I'd direct those shows. And then apparently uh, they got the Michael Pratt 
left his position as assistant company manager at Arapuana, who I was friendly with and who was responsible, who was the head of Bally's in Las Vegas, said, I want you to come and take his job. So I said, okay. And I went to Skip and said, I've been offered a job in Vegas. He said, good, you better take it because we were getting ready to let you go. Really? Mm -hmm. Just was that when the shows were kind of coming to yeah, an there end? Was, yeah, there weren't much, nothing much was happening. So I took the job. Was that an easy transition because you'd already been yeah, doing Fluff, it? Fluff was wonderful. God, she was the best. You know, I just was the best. Fluff was the best. I mean, I couldn't have had better bosses in the world. There's so much, could be so much pressure in those shows and everything I've heard has been positive. I mean, I yeah. worked with Jill, so I know firsthand how great, but I, every story about her, there's so much respect. And the same with Fluff. And she yeah. was there for years and years. Oh, yes. And it's just, again, like you've got performers with whatever they're dealing yeah. with to have something that like people treat you well, makes yeah. you want to work harder too. Unless, you know, people want to slough off, you have to kind of yeah. shake them up a little bit. Right. Did you ever go into that show or were you done with your performing by Jubilee? the time? No, I was yeah. done. No, you were I, done. Didn't, I didn't perform in Jubilee, no. So um, what is the assistant's job? For both of those shows, was it was it different? Like, what kind of tasks did you take to on? Mostly to watch, mostly to watch, and then I had to learn when people were called in sick or there was something wrong. How to manage the various lists we had for the girls who would be doing what and where and how and who would be coming into the nudes and who all those things you had to learn and do and make the changes. Mm. Which is like every night, isn't it? Like there's always yeah, something more or less, with always, that big of a cast. Somebody's sick, somebody yeah. didn't make it. Yeah. So when you when there's things like disasters, like I know people talk about like the horse falling in the rain trap and there's yeah. been horses in the audience. So as company matters, like, is there a scramble? Like, because I, I, somebody said they just walked one of the horses out yeah. through the house or something. But yeah. that's like, that would be your job too if some something is major. No? Yeah. Stage management? And, and Yeah, and also the stage manager who takes care of those things, not us. Okay, that would be a lot to be responsible for. Yeah, no, the stage management is definitely responsible for things like that. How, so how long did you stay with Jubilee? Two or three years. And because it, it, it kept running long after you left. Were you oh just, God, yes. Because <laughs> it wasn't that long ago it yeah. closed. So you had no intention to stay there till the bitter end, uh, even though no, I, I wouldn't care. But this job yeah. was such a good offer, I could not turn it down. So and I, that's the one yeah. that you did. Yeah, yeah, the show director at Universal. Did they seek you out or did you go looking for it? No, I was told the job was available and I should apply. And I did. That was that one. Okay. And then I, they came up, they interviewed, they brought me down for an interview. I had an interview and went back to Vegas and told them what I expected in salary. And uh, I thought I asked a bit too much, but, and I was told, don't worry if you ask too much, people will negotiate if they want you. And they wanted me, so they negotiated. And we came to an amicable agreement. Yeah. Wow. Well, just hearing your character and your love for what you do, like I think you could have so much fun as a company manager, an assistant, but when you got to have a little bit more interaction and play, was that a, a man, it just seems like to keep you young, that just seems like such a good move to mm -hmm. get to have this life you have now. I'm very grateful, Sherry. Very, yeah. very grateful. You have no idea how grateful. Well, I think it's, it comes out of you in such a great way. You know, like I think people can have regrets or, 
you know, gratitude release, I think, help a lot of people get through what we have now, you know, like, oh, darn, I can't fly to Paris, but oh, I love my neighborhood. There's things I actually am appreciating in a True. different way. And I think that COVID definitely reveals like how lucky we've been in some ways mm-hmm. and to be, you know, really grateful for what we have. And we've had lives that, you know, a lot of people be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. True. So do you see yourself doing this for long term or just kind of wait and see? Because like it feels I, like your life is the next uh, thing is the next thing. Yeah, it's like I said, I, I don't know with the way I, I'm starting to move my movement. Like you said, you know, you wanted us to do a thing with some dance moves. I can't. I just cannot do it. Yeah. My balance is going. My balance is going. It's horrible, Sherry. And so I don't know how much longer I can keep up doing this because yeah. of, I don't yeah. know. I'm going to yeah. seek some assistance with the neurologist and stuff like that and see if they can help. And yeah. There. But I think it's part of the aging process. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting when you're in your 20s and your body always does what it's supposed to. And then when you get like things aren't cooperating yeah. anymore. But, but yeah, and I know some people even feel betrayed by their body. But sometimes yeah. they go, wow, I got you this far. Yeah. But yeah, to choose what you get to do next, or if you just get to rest finally, does that even appeal to you to have a life of rest? Or do you feel like you want to have something to keep you motivated? I like like being motivated. I like working. I really do. I love it. I know people ages. I don't know what age means. You know, I know I'm 81, but I really don't know what it means to be 81. I don't feel any different than when I was 18. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get why that. Why should more. I stop? You know, why should right. I stop? Well, I remember when my parents were 40, I thought they were so old. I remember my dad saying, well, I still, I look in the mirror and I see this man looking at me, but I'm still 18. And now that I'm 61, I'm, I think I'm younger. I think during this podcast, I feel like I'm back in that era and I'm having dreams about being in the show and like, oh no, I'm 61. My, my hips are telling me I'm 61. My back is telling me I'm 61. Yeah. But I know people like my age hadn't getting ready for their social security. They're ready to retire. And I don't know what, you know, like, I think some people that could be great, but like, and what play golf or, you mm-hmm. know, watch, but yeah. it, some people can do that life, but I feel like there's so much more Agreed. as you age that you can give to people that you finally yeah. get the wisdom and then like, you know, hole up in your house somewhere. Like you have so much to offer. And I think that people's attitude towards age, maybe it's changing a little bit because we have more active seniors that are contributing. Whereas before, I think the attitude is like, you old people go live somewhere else and, you know, don't, don't remind me of age, but to see like people that are, you know, still full of fire and passion and contributing. It's just, it's really encouraging. I think even doing these interviews of Leslie Bandy is 69 Mm. and she's still creating work and yeah. I never, I never want to make people who aren't, you know, super active in their seventies to feel bad because it's not everybody's personality. Some people like, you know, I worked hard now. I just want to rest, mm-hmm. but there is something listening to you that just gives me like, Oh, this is so good to hear. Um, yeah. And then when it comes to whatever that end is going to be, there's time for grief and, mm-hmm. and then maybe, you know, whatever is next, it makes more space for what the next thing is. Yeah. True. But I've never regretted anything I've done. So whatever the next thing will be, I know I won't regret it. Mm-mm. I'll be content with it. It was meant to be. Yeah. Well, and that's such a great, fulfilling way to live. You're not like 
thinking you're missing out or no not, not at all i'm not missing out on a damn thing no oh my gosh now you're working at universal it's pretty cool no i mean yeah uh, i went day before yesterday to see this girlfriend of mine she did she was a one woman it was a one woman show josephine the life of josephine baker and she was absolutely brilliant acting singing dancing everything and that woman has such a tough life Josephine Baker. Yeah, yeah, I've been. Time when she had a great period and she was rich and fantastic, and then towards the end, she became pretty impoverished. Really? Didn't Grace she? Kelly, wow. Grace Kelly and she became good friends, and Grace Kelly said, "Here, take one of my houses. You can stay with your uh, twelve adopted children in them." I was going to ask. I heard she adopted a lot of children. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. now they're working on the show. Grace and Josephine, their friendship. That's what the show is? As they're working on it, yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you, and do you have a lot of entertainer type people still in your life? That you yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. That's yeah. This is a different, beautiful I mean, everyone's wonderful, but there is something of those yeah. artists that are just even into our old age, is like there's it's still all there. Yeah. I think when I interview people, some people kind of forgot that part of their life, like they went corporate and they're like, no, that was that chapter. And then as they start to remember what those days were like, I feel like it brings something back alive. And then like that person's always there. You were just told, well, that doesn't fit in this world. So you have to, you know, tamper that down as opposed to like, let it, let it come out. And that's where I think your light has always been shining. Oh, thank you. Darling. That's wonderful. So is there any, is there anything else that we think we should touch on before we end? No, all I can say is I'm ready, getting ready to go to bed because <laughs> I've got an early call tomorrow. Yeah, and I want to, because I know the time difference and also I don't get up at six in the morning ever. So I don't know how you even do it, but it's just, it was just so good to connect with you again. I just, I try it's been, four o'clock in the morning. I get up at four. Yeah. You get up at four. That is so wrong, but I'm glad you're able to, because you have to be there, what, at seven quarter something? To seven, quarter to quarter seven. Quarter to seven. Wow. Well, I hope you have wonderful dreams and it is well, so good to connect with you. I just, I think there's so many people that admire you. And I think this is a nice thing of reconnecting and remember those people that really made a difference in our life. And people yeah. like to listen to the, the, the episodes of who they remember. And I think it just is start making all of our memories come back of what we have to be grateful for, but it's the people it's, you know, it's yeah. all always it's the, people. the people. Yeah. yeah. Can you send us out with a, a, a Harry Potter wand? potion or is that going to make me do magic can you can you send me off with a blessing or a, a wand spell send you out with a wand spell yeah <laughs> i've never asked anybody else because i can't ask anybody else to give me yes. a wand spell okay <laughs> i would like you to water some flowers this is what i want you to do point your wand at that wonderful vase of flowers up there and now say Aguamente. Aguamente. Look at that. The flowers died. Wait what? a moment. I'll fix it for you. Just a moment. There. It's fixed. <gasps> They're back to life. Oh my gosh. I see. I want to come in and see you. So if you if you're however long you're gonna do it, I have to make a trip to Universal just for that. Lovely, Sherry. I'd love to oh. see you in person. I really would. Thank you for bringing magic into the world. It's, well. it's so needed right now. So mm. Best to you, my friend. Love you, darling. Thank Love you. you. Bye. Bye.